Welcome to the Views from the Sidelines podcast. I'm your host, Austin Bagshaw. I'm an online fitness and nutrition coach. My goal with this podcast is to educate as many people as possible on what to really focus on when it comes to the health and fitness industry. I believe that what you see and what you hear every day is the foundation of your reality. And with that being said, let's get started. Alrighty, I think we're ready to go. Got my monster zero sugar energy drink. Got my assistant who might possibly be the worst assistant in the world. Brooks, my dog, (laughs) 10 month old French bulldog. He is chilling on my beanbag behind me, uh, throwing out massive support for this podcast today and good vibes your way guys. So today I'm going to really chat about why and how making change can be easy and fun. Everyone thinks of change and they think of, oh my gosh, that's something I've never done before. Correct. It is. If you change something in your life, if you change your way of life, if you change your uh, diet, if you change your activity level, if you change anything in your life, it's something you probably aren't used to. And why is that important to like not only acknowledge but to understand? We have to understand our brains. When you look at the human brain, it is a dopamine whore. You heard me correctly. Our brain is a dopamine whore. And let me give you an example of that. So say someone is addicted to smoking. That smoker gets a cue. It could be he smells or she he or she smells a cigarette that someone's smoking. Then they instantly crave this said cigarette. Okay? The response to that craving, their craving is their brain saying, hey, we've had that in the past. We really like what it does for like how it makes us feel. So, hey, um, grab that cigarette out and start smoking it. So your your response of that cue and of that craving is to smoke a cigarette. And your reward is the satisfaction of nicotine, the nicotine that you are addicted to that has caused your brain to need because you have created this habit and done something over and over and over again. And the best way to really explain that, guys, someone who smokes one cigarette a day or sorry, someone who smokes one cigarette in their life is not going to be addicted to cigarettes, okay? I mean, you can talk about the harder drugs, and yes, like heroin and all that stuff can cause a massive response system to your brain and cause you to be addicted. But something like a cigarette, you smoke one cigarette, you're not going to be like, wow, that was the best thing ever. I'm going to continue to do that. No. So looking at cigarette smoking is kind of like forming a habit. People who become addicted to cigarettes become addicted to the reward that cigarettes give them, okay? That is so crucial to understand. We have to understand that our brain is constantly wanting the rewards that doing the said thing does, okay? Our brain is constantly trying to solve problems every single day. What your conscious self is looking at something or going through this mental process of deciding what to do due to your past activities, due to your past results of doing that said thing. So if something like cigarette smoking causes you to feel better, your brain is going to yell at you until you go smoke that cigarette. And that's for people who are addicted to nicotine in general. It's, it's important to understand and be aware of what you're doing because the reward system is what gets us in a bad bad, deep, horrible hole of addiction, of dopamine addiction, of nicotine addiction, alcoholism, all of that stuff. So obviously, (laughs) 
I've I've heard so many people say this, but I'm not. I'm sure you haven't. And whenever I first heard it, I'm like, well, okay, well, sure. What what about this? And let me let me explain. Nothing in our world is necessarily bad. Our belief system of that said thing is what causes it to be bad. Okay, and a great example of this was. 9-11. 9-11 was a terrorist attack on the United States. To the United States, 9-11 is a tragedy that everyone who was born before 1997, I guarantee, remembers and has a glimpse memory of this said event. But what about the people who were on the side of the terrorists who hates the United States? That was a win for them. Okay, so that, like, to, to them, 9-11 was a holiday. Another great example is the Boston Tea Party. As we know in American history, that was like us saying fuck you to to the Brits, dumping all their tea out because we didn't want to pay their taxes. But to the Brits, that was an act of terrorism, which led to the Revolutionary War, not necessarily, but was a big factor in it. So we always have to look at everything in our life as, as both sides. Yes, gaining weight and everything and being unhealthy is bad scientifically it's bad but what if someone enjoys being bigger what if someone is actually deep down very happy with their life they have very very fulfilled very satisfied with a great family amazing job amazing career who are you to tell them that them being overweight is a bad thing you have to look down at like people have make have to make decisions of what they care about, what satisfies them, and what brings them to f- fulfillment every day. So before you go and shame someone, or the next time you ask, like, say something about someone, or uh, make, make a, a snap judgment, start thinking about that. Like, maybe to them that's not bad. It's just their belief system. People who do shitty things every day um, might call it survival. But to the average person who makes a living and has a great job, that that can be an act of that that's a criminal act. So I know I kind of went on a tangent there, and sorry, I'm gonna get a drink of Monster real quick because because Monster and caffeine, right? Caffeine is is a, another great example of the reward system that we get from it. Um, caffeine is one of the best drugs in the world. Um, it's overconsumed and throughout the United States and probably throughout the world, um, it can, and it can cause digestive issues when it is overconsumed. Caffeine, to an extent, is not going to hurt you. Oh my gosh, I just I just proved my point again. Uh, this is fun, guys. Um, I'm going to just go on something real quick. Uh, guys, starting this podcast was something that I was terrified of, okay? And this is my little quick story of creating a habit that didn't overwhelm myself because I'm sure one of you listening has always said, God, I would love to hop on a podcast or I would love to start up my own podcast with my buddy. The, f- the best thing you can ever do is start. The best thing you ever, and just figure it out. Like I'm telling you guys, it's, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. It was back in April and I was just like, you know what? Like I'm sitting here picking my, picking my thumbs and just, I have so much to say and I have so much that I think I could help people with. And I already do a lot, but if I could just record some of the things that I say and put it out on um, I, on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
and people were driving in their cars and they're trying to make a change in their life, but they're and they're tired of listening to music, they might turn on my podcast and they might learn something. So how I went about starting my podcast, guys, it was a big I had my buddy Will and my girlfriend Kylie at my apartment. And I was like, you know what? Like Will has so much experience with college golf, with mental health, with just dealing with a lot of stuff in his life. And I guarantee so many other people do. So me and him were college teammates. Um, we played golf together, and I decided to like say, "Hey, Will, come to my apartment. Let's let's record a podcast discussing why or why you shouldn't put your identity behind your sport because that's a lot of people struggle with that." So I was like, "You know what? That's just a good start." Um, and when we first recorded it, it was like almost an hour long, and we we're like, "Holy crap! We could have talked about this for two hours." So that made me realize, man, I could. I could do so much with 20, 30, 40 minute podcasts, bring on amazing guests who have, who have, have, who has had amazing experiences in life and really like help people because guys, we, we live through other people's stories. We relate to other people's problems because we don't want to feel like we're alone in, in this world. That is the worst thing to ever feel like. One of our basic needs is acceptance the acceptance of feeling like we're doing something that is that matters the acceptance that what we think and what how what we do every day matters that is important so to hear other people going through this, the same things or almost identical things that you went through you can relate to it and it allows you to suppress your ego and allows you to reach out to those people and it allows you to maybe spark something in you that you didn't know existed so started the podcast and obviously like everything, it, like you want to go 100%. So I think I did like two podcasts in the first two weeks. I was doing one, one a week. But I was glad I did that because I was like, okay, that, that, that gives me enough time to find a good guest to really understand who I want to bring on um, and just do trial and error because the first 10 episodes of the podcast, everybody looks at a podcast like, oh, he started a podcast? And then you look at their site on like maybe Apple Podcasts and see they have four episodes in eight months. And you're like, oh, he just got excited and tried something new and didn't stick with it. Just like just like me. Oh, <laughs> or just like how most people decide to start a diet and uh, realize it sucks ass and there's no reward system from it. So they decided to go back to what their brain finds comfortable or comfort with. So Anyway, back to the podcast. Um, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, this is episode 32, um, and it's only been six months since I started, which has been really cool to look back on. Like, man, I've, I'm have I'm, I'm six months in, and I have 32 episodes. Um, I'm on pace to do two every week, bringing on amazing guests, and this has just been a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the ratings you give me. Thank you for the comments you leave me. Thank you for sharing my podcast. I am forever grateful for that. Um, word of mouth is the best marketing tool in the world. So anytime you ever feel like you want that some like someone in your life, a family member, a friend could benefit from listening to one of my podcasts, please send it send it to them because that makes me so happy. It helps me grow. And yes, I love it. So back to habit formation and back to why you can make things a lot easier than what you think. Okay. So another example. I'm going to use my buddy Brooks, my, my uh, 10-month-year-old Frenchie behind me, of habit formation. If you dove, I mean any dog really, but the bulldog breed, the, especially French bulldogs, they will eat as much as you give them, as much as you give them. Like you could put a 
20-ounce steak in front of them, and they will find a way to scarf it all the way down. So I'm very particular on how much food I give him because I don't want him to get overweight because, guys, overweight. Being overweight is the number one issue in health 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 problems. It causes your metabolism to be slower. It causes your immune system to be weaker. It causes you to age faster. It causes more pressure on your joints. It adds up. Being overweight is, so if I can limit that, I do. But whenever I, Kylie and I wanted to help him learn and help him get like, and teach him tricks, tricks are just another way of developing a habit. Okay. And obviously we use tr- treats because if you give him a treat, he'll do anything for it. So whenever we taught him to sit, every time he sat, he got a tiny little treat. So whenever we pointed down and he sat, he got a treat. So he, his cue was, I'm hungry because his cue is always, I'm hungry. He's a dog and he's a French boy dog. So he's always going to be hungry. So his cue was that he was hungry. His craving was, man, I want that treat that's in his hand. He now is hungry and now he sees some food that he thinks he's going to get. His response is he sits on the ground. His reward is once he sits, he gets a treat and he's very happy. So that response system was he did something and he got something in return. It, and it wasn't just something that like, oh, it, that sucked. It was something that, wow, that was yummy. I want more of that because he could eat, like I said, he could eat a cow if he wanted to. But that's really important to understand, guys. Like we, 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 we would do that with every trick we were trying to teach him. Every time we, uh, he would shake our hand, we would give him a treat. So he learned to lift his paw. And that was his response to getting a treat. So he got a reward of being satisfied of that treat. So whenever it comes to being healthier or creating a new habit in your life, whether that's a morning routine, a night routine, if you try to do something that's way out of your league, it's not going to work. That's like me trying to teach Brooks how to open the fridge and get a beer, and every time he does that, I give him a treat. He's not going to—you have to build your way up. You have to build your way from sitting to shaking to giving me a high five to speaking to rolling over. You have to start very, very small. So, for instance, if you're trying to—if if you're simply just trying to wake up earlier and say you wake up around 7.30 every day, set your alarm for 7.20. Set your alarm for 7.10. Set your alarm for 7 Oh, 05 do baby steps the first two three weeks do very very basic baby steps and obviously <laughs> if you're trying to wake up earlier go to fucking bed earlier stop watching netflix until 1 a.m and then expecting to get five hours of really good sleep because it's not going to happen go to bed earlier and you're going to wake up earlier that's just a fact um but moving along if you're trying to create a morning routine like i said set your alarm earlier and earlier each week Okay, and then what happens is you're going to build little baby steps. So maybe you get up, you do two stretches. Maybe next week you do three stretches, and then you hop in the shower. Maybe the week after that you do four quick stretches, hop in the shower, brush your teeth, and make a coffee. Or coffee first, obviously, that that would be horrible. (laughs) But these baby steps will add to something great. They will be so beneficial to creating a habit. And guys, in breaking down the habit, I talked about cues, cravings, response, and reward. The problem phase of a habit is the cue and the craving. For instance, your phone buzzes with a, te- with a text message is the cue. 
your craving is you want to learn the contents of the message. You want to feel like, oh, what if that's important? What if someone needs me? Like that's that's your responses or your 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 craving for this. You and you have to realize in the back of your head, you're looking for the reward of seeing something good or seeing something funny or seeing something that like, oh, that I was glad. I'm so happy that I, that I looked at my phone. So your response is you grab your phone and you read the text. Your reward is you satisfy your craving to read the message. Grabbing your phone now becomes associated with your phone buzzing. Just like Brooks shakes my hand if I have a treat in my hand. That is how habits form, okay? And what's crazy is this is a, this is a loop. When you get the reward, you start to notice the cue more. You start to notice your phone ringing more. You, Brooks starts to notice when I open the treat bag or has have something, have food in my hand. It is very, very, very habitual, guys. So understanding this and trying to lose weight and trying to like live a healthier life and trying to start working out, start small. Start so small. If you're a guy and you want to start building muscle, stop trying to go to the gym every day if you have no experience with it. Just go to your house, do 50 push-ups, or if you can't do push-ups, do push-ups on your knees. Invest in bands that are $15 that allow you to increase resistance with that. Just do the little things. Go for a walk every day, 15, 20 minutes. Clear your head. Increase activity. Increase your steps. Do little things, guys, because if you just try to take your entire belief system and and your entire response system towards your, re, your old rewards and your current rewards and then try to put new ones on there, guess what? Chicken and rice doesn't taste as good as steak. So guess what? You're not going to love it. You're not going to eat it all the time. Salad doesn't taste as good as pasta. So guess what? You're not going to eat it all the time and you're not going to stick with it. So just understand that these things are hard habits forming habits and breaking i would say breaking old habits is way harder than forming new habits you can do little things to create a new habit but breaking old habits and being aware of your old habits is crucial for you to make change easy and fun so breaking your old habits as in sitting down after or coming home to work and instead of just grabbing your xbox or controller or grabbing the 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 remote you go for a walk outside, get some air. Um, you do some stretching or you make a, make a protein shake. You make yourself a, a good, fun meal. Like those, you have to, you have to, if you're wanting to break an old habit, you got to find a new habit that's also has a reward to it that you enjoy. Okay. So if something hasn't worked for you, it's more than likely due to that. You're trying to switch out an old habit for a new one, and guess what? The reward system of the new one is not nearly as good as the reward system of the other one. So another example for let's let's uh, talk about eating. Say you're trying to eat, you're trying to get rid of fast food completely, or trying to get rid of pizza completely. <sighs> Never be a hundred percent restrictive in anything you do if you're really trying to make a real change in your life. I'm not saying you're trying to like. Just lose 10 pounds for a vacation or anything. Like if you're trying to make a real change and trying to be healthier, trying to lose weight and not get it back, being 100% restrictive is the worst thing you could ever do. The worst thing you could ever do if you're really trying to form habits. So let's use the example of fast food. Say you eat a lot of fast food and you're like, okay, I got to stop eating fast food. So you decide to go a week without fast food. 
awesome. Like, that's a really good goal, honestly. Like, a one week without fast food, anybody could do that. But what does that do? That now causes you to have less time because most of the time, the reward of fast food is doing nothing but handing a credit card to the person to get the food. You're not walking to get it. You're usually in your car. There's it, So you associate fast food with, man, I can sleep longer. Okay? <laughs> okay. So what would happen? So you have to rewind your system and how you start your day if you get fast food all the time. So maybe you should wake up a little bit earlier so you have time to cook. Maybe you should, instead instead of going straight home from work, maybe you should go to the Kroger and get some food so you have it at home ready, ready to go so you don't have to get fast food. Implement other things instead of just eliminating one thing and make it obtainable and make it fun, make it satisfying, or it's not going to work. Simple as that. It's not going to work. Secondly, don't eliminate fast food all in all. Don't go cold turkey. I don't believe in cold turkey. It's not good for you. It's not. You need to wean yourself off of it. Instead of saying, I'm not, I'm never eating fast food for a month. Say I'm eating fast. I can eat fast food once a week because you're going to give that old reward system. You're going to give your brain a little bit of dopamine. It's going to feel good. And don't call it a cheat meal. Don't call it like, oh, this is my, this is my bad day. Say, this is my fun meal. I'm going to, I'm going to give my brain what it wants because it's used to it. And it gives, it makes me feel relaxed. It makes me feel happy. It puts a positive enforcement into my life that I'm not just uprooting my old life and deciding just to start a new one. So it's, it's good to wean off of things, whether it's pizza, fast food, pop, If you drink two pops a day, limit it to one, and then limit it to one every other day, and then limit it to two a week. Like, go over time. Spread out your goals with this stuff and make it obtainable, make it fun, make it easy. Because if it's not easy, we're not going to do it, and we're not going to stay with it, and we're not going to lose what people call motivation to get healthier. Because if you don't have a good reward system, you are going to end up failing when it comes to breaking old habits and starting new ones thanks for listening guys brooks is currently sleeping on the little sunspot of my boom bag and it's very cute wish podcast had a uh, a picture for that <laughs> but thank you again for listening guys really appreciate it um if you have any if you could just shoot me a rating it means the most um and if you have any questions on this guys shoot me a message my phone my phone number you can text me my phone number is 937-403-7669 let me know what's going on let me know how i can help um i do this for a living guys this is a lot of fun and i really believe in it last thing i will shout out is a book called atomic habits if you haven't read it or if you've heard of it and you wanted to read it start day by day five to ten pages a day and read that thing set yourself a goal of finishing it in a month or two But get it, pick through it, it's awesome, it'll change your life. Stay moving, guys.